Monday, January the 18th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Russia detains Alexei Navalny and America braces for protests. First, the world in brief. Alexei Navalny, Russia's most prominent opposition politician, was detained by police at the airport on his return to Moscow. Mr. Navalny had been receiving treatment in Germany after being poisoned while campaigning in Siberia in August 2020. Mr. Navalny blames President Vladimir Putin for the assassination attempt. China's GDP grew by 2.3% in 2020 and by 6.5% in the fourth quarter year-on-year, making it easily the best-performing big economy during the pandemic. Its recovery remains unbalanced, however. America's National Guard is on standby in at least 19 states in anticipation of demonstrations in support of President Donald Trump, though so far only a smattering of armed protesters have shown up. State officials are determined to prevent a repeat of the attack on the Capitol in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. The army has set up a heavily protected green zone in the Capitol. 25,000 troops are expected to defend the presidential inauguration on Wednesday. President-elect Joe Biden will rescind the permit for TC Energy's Keystone XL pipeline on his first day in office, according to reports. Environmentalists have long opposed the extension, which would connect Canadian tar sand producers to American refineries. Barack Obama blocked it in 2015. Donald Trump approved it in 2017. The Wall Street Journal reported that TC will promise carbon-neutral targets and a unionized workforce in a bid to save their project. Bobby Wine, a Ugandan presidential candidate, promised to challenge the result of Thursday's election, which he called a complete fraud. On Saturday, the Electoral Commission declared the winner to be Yari Museveni, incumbent since 1986. Uganda's internet was switched off the day before the vote, and Mr Wine has been repeatedly harassed by security forces. Representatives of Libya's warring regions produced a plan for choosing a transitional government that would allow for elections later this year. The breakthrough came after the United Nations brokered talks between the Government of National Accord, backed by the UN, and the forces of Khalifa Haftar, a warlord backed by Egypt, Russia and the United Arab Emirates. And the British government said that a support scheme to help airports survive the downturn in flights due to the pandemic will begin this month. Successful applicants will get up to £8 million, $11 million each, to cover costs such as business rates and property tax. Today, all Britain's travel corridors, which allow passengers from certain countries to enter without having to quarantine, will close. And now, here's today's agenda. Pardon me? Donald Trump's legal troubles. On Wednesday, the legal shield that Donald Trump wields as president will vanish. He faces a host of worries. Financial records and tax documents subpoenaed by the District Attorney of Manhattan may soon be released. Potential charges could include insurance fraud and criminal tax fraud. The President's attorney calls it an inappropriate fishing expedition. Other pitfalls include an investigation into whether the Trump Organization profited illegally by renting out properties at exorbitant rates to the inaugural committee in 2017, and even Mr Trump's role in the Capitol insurrection. He may be tempted to issue himself a presidential pardon, something none of his predecessors has done. That would require him to confess to potential misdeeds. The Constitution permits offences to be pardoned, not people. The courts might anyway conclude that self-pardons are unconstitutional, meaning that Mr Trump would have laid out his possible crimes. And relief from federal prosecution would not protect him from state laws. Unwelcome Home 
Alexei Navalny is detained. Alexei Navalny was not supposed to have survived an assassination attempt five months ago. The German hospital where the Russian opposition leader was treated for chemical poisoning was not supposed to have discovered the traces of Novichok nerve agent in him. And he certainly was not supposed to fly back to Russia on Sunday, physically fit and morally fired up. The Kremlin tried to stop him. Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, called him a CIA asset. Prosecutors threatened him with new fabricated cases and lengthy jail sentences. But Mr Navalny, who has directly accused Mr Putin of the assassination attempt, was undeterred. Letting him walk off the plane and continue his political activity would have been both a threat and humiliation to Mr Putin. Instead, he was detained on arrival. Jailing Mr Navalny may turn him into a Nelson Mandela figure. Pushed into a corner, Mr Putin only has himself to blame. Low and Mighty China's Economy If anyone had predicted 12 months ago that China's growth would tumble to 2.3% in 2020, they would have sounded outlandishly gloomy. But today, when the government reported GDP for the year, it looked like a triumph. China's economy is one of a handful that have grown at all amid the pandemic. Better yet is its momentum. Growth in the fourth quarter was 6.5% compared with a year earlier, reaching China's pre-COVID speed. The 2021 outlook is even brighter as vaccines should boost the global economy and let China pare back its virus controls. Not all is well though. The recovery remains unbalanced. Factory production has increased strongly but retail sales are more sluggish, a reflection of tepid income growth. And the country is gripped by its worst Covid outbreak since the summer, with millions under tight lockdown. No one is cracking out the Mai Tai just yet. One down, one to go. The Trials of Lee Jae-yong A court in Seoul today is to deliver the final verdict in a corruption case involving Samsung's boss. In 2017, Lee Jae-yong was convicted of bribing Park Geun-hye, an ex-president of South Korea, whose 20-year prison sentence for corruption was upheld by the Supreme Court last week and her confidant. Prosecutors allege Mr Lee paid millions of dollars in bribes to ensure government support for cementing the founding family's control over Samsung. He spent almost a year in prison before an appeals court overturned part of the verdict. He has never admitted wrongdoing, but has lately voiced regret for his dealings with Miss Park. Prosecutors have asked that Mr Lee be returned to prison for nine years. Separately, he stands accused of manipulating stock prices to facilitate a merger. Again, he denies wrongdoing. That trial, delayed by the pandemic, is expected to begin this year. Even if he walks free today, Mr Lee's legal troubles are not behind him. Back to work. Japan's Parliament. Japan's diet reconvenes today as the country battles a painful wave of COVID-19. The pandemic has eaten away support for Yoshihide Suga, Japan's Prime Minister. Polling by Mayanichi Shimbun, a newspaper, shows his cabinet's approval rating has slid to 33% from 64% since his inauguration in September. More than 70% of respondents said that Mr Suga's declaration of a state of emergency for Tokyo and several surrounding regions on January 7th came too late. Mr Suga will probably use his opening address to refocus attention on his policy priorities, among them reducing carbon emissions and digitising government services. Yet the coronavirus will dominate the diet's early discussions, with a fresh stimulus package and the budget for the new fiscal year on the docket. The diet will also consider giving the government more power to compensate businesses that comply with requests to shorten hours or close due to the virus, and to fine those that do not. 
Finally, here's the quote of the day from Martin Luther King Jr., who was born on this day in 1929. True peace is not merely the absence of tension, it is the presence of justice. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.